Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. All right, this morning we're going to look together over in the book of Acts chapter 14. I know we don't have it on the board up here, so if you want to pull up there, Acts 14 is where we're going to start, verse 8, and then we're going to look into to Romans 10 here in just a minute. Uh, last week we talked about uh, invitation, and an invitation that we wouldn't turn down for anything, and we also dove into the depth of God's invitation for you and I, and 2019 for Topeka First is the year of invitation. Now, we all have attempted to get in good with God in our own ways, but God's invitation to us shows us that we can't get in good with Him because of the spiritual state that we were in. We need His help. The only way that we can is through faith in the righteousness of Jesus and His shed blood on the cross. And so, we heard that last week, but let, we're going to dive in together uh, this week as we keep on wading through God's Word to us. So we must hear the gospel to be able to respond, and we must invite others around us. H- have you ever had an occasion that you saw a big event happen, and you just didn't understand what it meant, and so you didn't know what to make of it? Usually, understanding is a big part of acceptance and the choices that we make. So since I never tell car stories, you know me, and since I never do that, I'm going to tell you a car story this morning. But have you ever been driving on the road, and all of a sudden that little orange light pops on on your dash that says check engine light or service engine light, service engine soon, or that little engine light. So you see that, it comes up, and uh, when it does come up, there's a couple different responses that people will make. Uh, first guy will say, oh no, I need to take that to the shop, get it checked out, see what's wrong. The second guy, well, that guy usually will say th- things like, whatever, the car is going to die at some point anyway, who cares? And so they just keep on going. But the first guy, say, so goes to the shop and he uh, talks to the technician, the technician's asking the question. Okay, did you put gas in it recently? And so you say, well, you know, yeah, I put gas in it recently. And how long ago? Yesterday. He said, okay, let's check your gas cap. Maybe your gas cap is loose and it's leaking air and causing vapor to come out and stuff. And turn the check engine light on. So they check it, tighten it. That was it. It was good. He leaves it there. A couple days later, the light goes off. He doesn't have any more problems. So the next time this guy comes and the light comes on, probably the first thing he's going to do is check his gas cap to make sure it's tight. And then he's going to go on his way. But then you have the other guy who comes along and his, his uh, check engine light starts flashing on him. And of course, if it flashes, that's something wrong. So you got to take it somewhere. And he said, oh, I don't care. But if he leaves it that way, it's going to damage the engine. So... Sometimes for us, we, we don't always understand what we see. And like the first guy, he realized he needed to ask somebody else. And they explained what took place. And they told him how to fix his vehicle, basically. The same thing goes for us who haven't heard or haven't understood the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, they, hear, they, they need to hear and to understand to make a step of faith to be able to follow Christ. They must hear the message. And we need to invite them. 
Acts chapter 14, verse 8. Let's read there together. In Lystra, there, was a man, there, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking, and Paul looked directly at him and saw he had faith to be healed and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. And Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. And the priest, uh, Zeus, whose temple was just outside of the city, brought bowls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd uh, wanted to offer sacrifices to these guys, these, these men. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We're bringing uh, you good news, uh, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in it, in them. In the past, he let us all in the past, he let all nations go their own way. They could go whichever way they wanted. Yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness to, by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provided you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy and gives us snow and ice. And, oh, that's an addition. Verse 18, even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. See, these guys had interpreted, that priest comes along from, uh, from Zeus, and he interprets for them what happened here. And so they have to deal with this. The, the miracle and the response of the people at Lystra was one of the reasons why we must do more than live a good life in front of people to share the gospel. We even have to do more than let a miracle of God speak for itself. And it was evident here that the miracle of healing that God did through Paul did not give enough information for these people to accept the gospel without some kind of direction in their life. They needed to understand something different. They needed to understand and get a, get a, a grasp on what the gospel really was. So these people used their own, the people of Lystra used their own perspective about life, and they were blinded to, who, uh, to this, this uh, situation about who really changed the life of this lame man. Their perspective kept them from seeing and understanding the gospel. Now these preachers, they could have just let the people decide for themselves what to, what to make of the miracle that took place here in Acts, Acts 14. If they would have, what would have happened? Well, we have an idea already uh, because we know that priest of Zeus would have in interpreted it. In fact, he already did it. And now he calls Barnabas uh, Zeus, a false god, and he calls Paul Hermes, who was another false god. But there are several things that we can learn from this passage, and we need to gain from it as followers of Jesus in this world that we live in. So first of all, Paul started off calling them friends. He called them friends. Were they really his friends? Not really. And they were misdirected. They weren't necessarily his friends, even though he had to move quickly because of the 
big misunderstanding, he was respectful of these people who were unbelieving that didn't get the gospel yet. How we treat others does stand out, especially when we hope to share Christ with them. And Paul goes on to help the people of Lystra understand that they were equals. They were humans just like those guys. And the miracle of healing wasn't about them, but that miracle of healing was about the Creator Himself. There's a second thing we can look at from this passage. Then he starts to explain the good news in a very simple way. He doesn't start off with some big theological terms. He does it in a very simple way. And he tells them to turn from their idols to the living God who's the creator. He doesn't even proclaim Jesus yet at this point from what we understand in the text, at least at this stage. And because of who they were interacting with, Paul didn't directly make that jump to Jesus. It's not like they were dealing with the, uh, the Israel at that, that time. They were in, a, in another area. Uh, these were Gentiles for the most part. That's not who he's dealing with. He's not dealing with Israel, those who have an understanding at least that there is a coming Messiah. And so they, they may have believed in some sense, but they may have just added, added Jesus to many false gods they worshipped, like Zeus and Hermes and all that. They, they practiced that kind of religion like there are many gods, and that's the way they accepted it. So they could have just accepted that. But even today, those same things can happen. Even today, that can happen. Even in Topeka, where we share the gospel with those who have a background that accept many gods, like the Hindus who accept 330 million gods and sometimes that's a challenge for some of them and when they come to faith and accept Christ because some may just add him to the group of gods that they serve there's others with similar views like that but here there is something else that Paul and Barnabas uh, needed to do Paul let them know that God has a testimony that speaks for him he tells them right away that there is a testimony that speaks for him. Look at what he says in verse 16 and 17 here. It says, In the past, he let all nations go their own way. Yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their season. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy and snow. That wasn't in there. For some people, you, you may be able to use the testimony of what God provides in nature. That's kind of what he does at this point in this stage. Uh, he does that here, but for others, it may not be the that kind of a testimony they need. Maybe they need your testimony of your changed life, of your changed heart. Maybe some, God has done something in your life. It could be how help God helped heal your life or how he helped restore you from bitterness and unforgiveness. I knew a guy in, in uh, California when we pastored out there for a while. His, he, was a, uh, he had been a Sikh. A Sikh is from, he's from Fiji, but he had been a Sikh, and which is the guys that wear the tur they tend to wear turbans, and there's a few things about him and maybe have some similarity with Hinduism and stuff. But I remember one of the things he told me is that he said, you know, before I came to faith in Jesus, he said, I did not realize that I could be forgiven for my sin. I didn't know that God could forgive me and actually accept me. And he said, when I found out that I could be forgiven of my sin, 
I accepted Jesus, and he became my Lord. Something happened in his life. His wife, at the time we were pastoring there, she was not serving Jesus yet. Uh, but through that time there, she did come to faith in Christ and started coming to church with him because before it was just him himself, and sometimes his girls would come. But you know, friends, today in America, we still have people just like that, and even here in Topeka, that still need to hear and understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. It may be your testimony that you need to share with them. There's one thing that can't be ignored, that Paul invited people to faith. He invited them to come and to accept what Christ had done for them on the cross. And one of the most abused quotes that we have today that we have to tend with, it's been good in some ways, but it also has kind of limited us. And it's this quote, it says, preach the gospel at all times and use words if necessary. I've probably said it myself, many of you have probably said it, but the quote is supposed to be from Francis of Assisi. Uh, no, he's not a sissy. Uh, just, uh, just, uh, I'm just verifying. Okay, but, it, but it's not even found in his writings. And in fact, Francis was born around 1181 to 1182 A.D. And he was a Catholic friar and a preacher. And in fact, even the National Catholic Register says that Francis didn't make the statement. But besides the quotes... Uh, preach the gospel at all times and use words if necessary. It's really saying faith without works is dead. So in some sense, it's not a bad quote uh, because we need to be able uh, to live for Christ and live as a good example with good ethics in front of others around us in this world that we live in. But there also there is a problem with this statement when we relate it to sharing our faith with others in the community that we live in. People tend not to share their faith when they take that approach alone. We realize that, yes, we want to live in a good manner around other people, but we also are placed in a position where we must share our faith. Ed Setzer shares this in an article he wrote, and he says this. He says, preach the gospel, use words if necessary, goes hand in hand with a postmodern assumption that words are finally empty of meaning. Sound familiar? It subtly denigrates the high value that Jesus and Paul uh, put on preaching. Uh, we see this, and of course we want our actions to match our words as much as possible, but the gospel is a message, news, it's a news about an event and a person upon which the history of the planet turns. Real problem is not from whom the quote originally came, but just how it can give us an incomplete understanding of the gospel and how God saves sinners. We, you know, we're quick to encourage each other to live out the gospel or be the gospel with people and I'm sure that we say things maybe in a, in a quick and a flippant way and not really thinking about all that that means. But the impu Im impulse to be a witness here is helpful, yet the gospel isn't anything the Christian can live out directly in the sense of the message. Uh, Paul, Paul summarized the gospel as the life, death, and resurrection of Christ through whom sin is atoned for. Sinners are reconciled to God and the hope of the resurrection awaits all who believe. 
I look forward to that day. Not dead yet to look forward, but I'm looking forward to it, okay? If you go back to chapter 14 of Acts, if you look back and see what, what Paul and Barnabas are doing and saying there as they're in Lystra, uh, you, you find that Paul had to tell them the message. He had to lead them with words to the good news, and he couldn't even let the miracle do the talking because they misconstrued what they saw and experienced. But, it, but it's evident that some of them put their faith in Christ after their preaching. After they heard the message of Jesus, it's evident that they did that. They put their trust in the Lord. And we know that, we see even, uh, we see in verse 9, it says something very peculiar there to me. It says here in verse 9, he listened to Paul. This is the guy who was healed. He listened to Paul as he was speaking, and Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had faith to be healed, and he called out, stand up on your feet. It's evident that somehow he was preaching the gospel and telling him about Jesus before he came to faith and was healed. It's evident that God was doing something there in Lystra. And in verse 21 and 22, it says, Then they returned to Lystra, that same place, Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the disciples. Disciples are those who are followers of Jesus. And encouraging them to remain true to the faith. So he includes Lystra here as having disciples there. So they came to faith because he told them the good news. They didn't just assume it by seeing Paul. Oh, look, he lives a good life. Doesn't mean that we shouldn't live a good life. Doesn't mean that we shouldn't live in a way that is pleasing to God. And we should. But we have to understand that just sharing the gospel is more than just living a good life before the Lord and others. There's something else that we need to look, out, look at here as well. This is really where it takes us back to Romans 10, as we looked at last week. Romans 10, verse 13 says these words. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He quotes that from Joel in the Old Testament. And then in verse 14, it says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Are your feet, feet beautiful? You may not want to say anything about that. <laughs> Hopefully, when we bring the good news, they are beautiful feet. See, we have to speak to people to hear so they can hear the good news and so they can respond in faith just like the man who was healed in Acts 14 verse 9. What Paul writes in Romans 10 here is key for uh, to us to as followers of Jesus. It's amazing to think about verse 13 and what it says here. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But the apostle doesn't stop there and there's some more things we're going to look at. It's it's great that they can call on God, but how do they call on someone they have not heard of? That's why we believe in missions. 
That's why we believe in sharing our faith stateside here at home as well. How in the world can they hear if somebody doesn't preach or proclaim or share or tell or read to them? How can they hear unless we say something? The Apostle Peter, he makes it sure that the uh, Christ followers he's writing to over in 1 Peter, he wants to make sure that they understand that it's important to have their testimony ready. If you haven't written a testimony, I encourage you to look at your life and see what Christ has done in your life and then write that thing down. Write it down to help you remember because the older you get, the more you may forget, right? Uh, but on the other side, write that thing down to be able to share with others. But Peter says in 1 Peter 3.15, these words, he said, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you uh, to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. You have to be ready to share your faith as the need arises. And you have to be able to do it in a way that is receptive, not rude. Uh, what are some things we like to talk about the most? I mean, we all have things that we enjoy. Some of you are going to be talking about football later on the day. Uh, you know, some of you, I, some guys, I won't point out any fingers or people like, uh, like Frank over there who's wearing his uh, Kansas City Chiefs shirt. I, I won't point him out. Uh, did I point you out? And uh, so, but hey, people are going to be doing some things. They're going to be having some fun, cheering on, uh, cheering on some teams. Uh, go Chiefs. And uh, everybody's different. We all like different things. That's kind of like me. I've never told you a car story before. I like to talk about cars sometimes, right? Most people know me, know that. It's just something I enjoy. And uh, it can help, uh, help us relate to people who don't know Christ as well. We can take some of those things, those joys and things that we have, and then relate to them, use those things that we enjoy to interact with others. Even though we like to talk about those subjects we enjoy, there must be a time that we open the door to share the good news. Sometimes we have to pray for that door. Sometimes we have to ask the Lord, Lord, give me this door with this individual. Open this door so I can share hope, share faith with them. And maybe when you first do that, maybe you don't, you don't feel quite right about doing it. You feel backward about it or something like that. But don't back off from sharing your faith. Allow the Lord to open those doors, though. As Peter says, uh, share it with gentleness and respect. Uh, we, we even find Paul doing that when he was sharing Christ with the Lyconians in Lystra. And sure, there may be times that people have heard and didn't accept God's plan for their life, but we need to make that invitation. If you read on in what uh, the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 10 here, uh, for some of you, it may surprise you because a lot of times we just stop where we left off in the last verse. But if you see what he says here in verse 16, he says, But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ or the word of God. And, but I ask, this is verse 18 in chapter 10, but I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Say, what? 
course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. You may look at this and say, well, what's the, what's the use for us to keep preaching the gospel? Uh, they, they've already heard, he's saying there, but uh, he's speaking of Israel in general, in general at that time, and, and many did hear, and many did come to faith, but not everyone accepted and came to faith. We know even, even, uh, even Pharisees, the religious group, they came, some of those guys came to faith, different ones that came to Christ, put their faith in him, and God transformed their lives. Not everyone in our generations have heard the gospel. What about those who are not Israel, the rest of mankind? Israel's still important. He loves them. Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 10, verse 19, again I ask, did Israel not understand? First, Moses says, I will make you envious by those who are not a nation. I will make you angry by a nation that has no understanding. And Isaiah boldly says, I, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. You can also look at what Paul says to the Galatians in chapter 3. In Galatians 3, verse 8 and 9, you can jot it down if you like. He says there, Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. But we have a major issue. If they don't actually hear the gospel, how can they believe in Christ? They really can't. They need to hear the message. They need to hear. Sure, we all have heard of those situations, and I've met those people who've had dreams. I remember serving in Africa, and I had at least a couple different guys that came to me, and they came to faith through dreams that Jesus gave to them in the middle of the night and revealed himself. But in most of those cases that I've seen, and including those, at least those two that I know of, there when I was in Africa, they almost always had to be directed to a follower of Jesus to get the full scoop. And that's what happened there. That's why God has us here. We get to give others the full scoop, so to speak. Sometime back, I remember talking to somebody. It's actually a, a family member, an older woman, and she was concerned about her teenage granddaughter. This has been back in the 1990s, and this grandmother was concerned because her son had decided... Uh, he, they grew up, he grew up in church, uh, the family went to church, but the, the son decided, I'm out of there, I don't want to attend church, that's not for me, and so he left, and he never came back, he didn't want to have anything to do with it, and uh, so this grandmother was concerned because her 16-year-old daughter had never had the opportunity to be in church except for uh, maybe at a wedding or a funeral, and that's it, they would not talk about faith at home, that was a taboo subject, they could not speak about that, and so they just left it like that. And so she was concerned because how is she going to hear the gospel? How many people are in that same situation in our world today? And the fact is, Jesus is available to each and every one, and we can share faith. And when you come to a place like this, you can receive what Christ has to offer you, which is life.
and forgiveness and redemption. There's so many in our world today that have not received what Jesus has to offer, which is forgiveness. Since that family refused to talk about faith, we, we know there's many others in that same situation. We, we have a whole generation of people in America who have no understanding of the good news that Jesus came to give life to us. They may see churches, they may be aware of so-called religion, but, but they really don't understand that Jesus, what Jesus has done for them. And they'll continue going down that journey towards death without Christ unless someone tells them. And that's what we are all for. It would be kind of like the guy I knew in, uh, or met in West Africa when we went out into one of the villages. I wasn't fluent in the language, but I could get around. And we, uh, we went into this one area in the bush, so to speak. And uh, the, uh, the, the, the Nigerian guys with me, they were, they were preaching the gospel to him and to the family. And he looks at us and says back to us in the language, which is, what talk is this? What are you talking about? These guys had never heard the gospel in their life. But the interesting thing is that they saw religion. They saw it because they saw churches. They saw mosques. What they knew about it, because they wouldn't go to those places, either one of them, is that the, is that the people at the mosques would burn the churches. That's what they knew. And so we live in a world where people don't always know, and it's up to us as followers of Jesus to be able to share that hope that we have with them. Jesus gave his life on the cross so that you and I may have eternal life. Life as God has it. Abundant life. A life of redemption, a life where we've been forgiven and we can have a right relationship with God. I'm amazed at how many people my age grew up in the church and around it really never plugged into the gospel and actually forgot the basics of the gospel. I can, go to, I can think of some people right in my mind right now that they grew up in this area, northeast Kansas. They grew up in the area, and, and they went to church, grew up in church, but 20 years later, they don't even remember the basics of the faith because they walked away. We're here to be able to share that faith back with them again, too. It's up to us as followers of Jesus to be able to share life with those around us. We have 90,000 people in Topeka. You've heard Pastor Steve talk about it time and time again. 90,000 people who are yet to walk with Christ in this city. How many in Shawnee County? How many in the surrounding counties? And we're in the, we're in the heartland. We're in the Midwest where the gospel is proclaimed. But is it proclaimed well enough? It has to be beyond the four walls that we have in the church building. It has to go with us wherever we go, sharing hope with others. They, they must hear to turn to follow Christ. How can they hear if we don't tell them? Who's going to uh, tell, uh, share the good news with them? Time after time, Paul and Peter and Philip the deacon and, and all kinds of others took the opportunity in the scripture to be able to share faith with others around them. Sometimes others made a mess of things, but many of those people came to faith when they heard. Not all of them accepted the good news. Not all of them accepted it. Where would you be today if someone hadn't shared faith with you? You may say, well, I came on my own. Maybe you did, and thank God for that. 
that I would dare to say that most of us who come to faith in Christ have had others in our impact our lives who talked to them and gave them the invitation. I've told you the story. I was 16 years old looking for race car parts. I was up in a small town called Horton buying a transmission from a guy. And all I wanted was a transmission. I had the cash. He had the transmission. I wanted to exchange it. And instead, he tries to give me Jesus. <laughs> I had nothing. I didn't. Uh, so what I did is I got all religious on him. Oh, yes, I go to church because I grew up in church. So I knew some of the things to say. But I've never forgot that. That man stepped out of his box and shared faith with me and shared what Christ had done in his life. Believe me, Christ had worked in his life. What about you? Would you stand with me this morning? Two things this morning that we have to deal with, and first and foremost is that, one, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is the time that you can come to faith in Christ. All you have to do is put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross. As he gave his life on the cross, he died for our sin. The scripture says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness, there's no remission of sin. Jesus shed his blood on the cross for us so that we could be forgiven. And all we have to do is accept that by faith. He died on the cross, and then the scripture says he rose on the third day, and he defeated death, hell, and the grave. All we have to do is put our faith in what he's done and say, yes, Lord, I believe. And if you say that this morning, as I pray this morning, then the scripture tells us you're a new creature. The old is past and the new has come. The old man is dead. The new man is alive. That's an opportunity for you this morning. If you would pray with me this morning, if that's you, just uh, as with every head bowed and eyes closed, if you just raise your hand and say, you know what? I want to make that decision to follow Jesus. I want to trust him, and I want to put my faith in him. If that's you this morning, just lift your hand up between you and me. I see your hand. Are there some others? I see your hand. Is there any others to say, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life? Let's pray. All you got to pray this prayer. You say, Lord Jesus, here I am. I believe Jesus gave his life for me. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave and I'm going to follow you as my Lord in Jesus name Father I pray for each and every person that said that prayer in their heart and they meant it with everything they have I pray that you would put your hands on their lives you have a perfect a plan for them doesn't mean the road is easy, doesn't mean the road is perfect, but what we know is that you have a perfect plan and that you care for each and every one of us. And I pray this morning for the rest of us, Lord God, who have put our trust in you, put our faith in you, I pray that you would help us to actually be witnesses of Christ in the marketplace where we live, where we work. Father God, that we, you would grant each and every one of us boldness to kindly and with respect share our faith with others because you have a plan for them as well. Father, we give you thanks and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.